Hey everybody, this is Wonder Ministries. My name is Emma C and I'm your host for this podcast ministry. And I believe we're on episode 13. If not, it's episode 12. <laughs> um, it's, I'm just, again, so just amazed by how many times I get to talk and say that with so many different people as we talk more about what are the things that we get to talk about in order to glorify God. So, um, just thank you so much for being a part of this and listening to this. And um, if this is your first time uh, listening to this episode, welcome. Um, we are a women's ministry that is based on a podcast, which is a little bit unique, but we also do our best to uh, encourage other women and also bring women together from all across the U.S. and all across the world, even if we even get to that. But like one cool thing is that we are very raw. We're very real. Um, and we have just, it's almost like you're having coffee with somebody and you get to hear their conversation. And that's what we want as our ministry focus is that this is a real conversation. We're both learning and we're both glorifying God together. And so I hope you guys enjoy. And if you would, if you enjoy what we talk about, and if you like our conversations, feel free to subscribe um, on whatever podcast platform that you are listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of the other um, many options that you have and also feel free to rate us and also share a comment and then also follow us on Instagram and Facebook just so that you can look, get a little bit more of a glimpse into our ministry and what else we're doing um, as well. And so um, today I am so excited to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, it's uh, something that I have felt called to since I was probably 15 years old um, along with ministry, it's uh, just the calling to missions and the calling to go and share the gospel. And um, I have a friend on here who has also very much felt that same calling. And so we get to talk a little bit about how to share the gospel and how to love those who are lost, but also love those who are growing in their faith that are being discipled. And so um, I want to introduce my friend Hannah Hunter, and she is a, about to be a senior at UCA and about to graduate with her degree and is it pre-physical therapy yeah it's basically pre-physical therapy okay very cool so know what the, the GRE you know she's like getting all ready for the adult oh. life <laughs> oh, um, too, too quickly <laughs> and I'm and something cool about my friendship with Hannah is that we've only been friends for like a year and a half or so yeah which is yeah, crazy like because we're so here. similar <laughs> yeah it's really crazy it feels like longer honestly it does it really does and I'm just so blessed to know you and to know your heart and um something that her and I bonded um with a lot of other people but I really remember bonding with you on Hannah is that when we when you did the go internship last year and um we both just bonded on our hearts for students for ministry for uh for mission specifically and for reaching the lost and so um, I'm excited to hear more about that for, from your point of view um, and, uh, and to hear more about your heart for people. And so, Hannah, would you mind starting us off by sharing a little bit of your story? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, uh, I'm 21. I grew up in church. I've actually been at the same church my entire life. Um, but in high school, when I was around 14, 15, um, I started to drift away um, a lot. I'm not even going to say a little. It was a lot. And um, it mainly just became uh, kind of a habit for me to not really follow uh, in God's plan for my life, but like I knew he had a plan yeah. um, because I had grown up in church. I had that like foundation. Um, 
but a lot of things happened at home, a lot of things happened at school, and this kind of outside influence started attacking my view of God, and I didn't really see him as good or faithful anymore, like how the church had taught me. Um, and so throughout high school, like throughout my freshman, sophomore year, um, I wasn't really involved. I didn't want to be a part of the church. I didn't want to have like any community with people that were associated with the church. Um, and it wasn't until I was like 16-ish that um, my cousin, who was starting to lead a D group through the church that I was um, attending, that I still go to now, and I'm a, mem a member of, mm -hmm. uh, she's like, Hannah, you're coming to D group with me, whether you like it or not. And so I was <laughs> like, well, fine, okay. Um, and that's kind of where I started to get back into uh, church because the people that I was in D group with were raw. They were real. They didn't put on this front that I felt like a lot of other um, people that I had been a part of in the church had. Um, and so that was really refreshing. And I was like, okay, Lord, like you aren't just good to everyone else. Like you're good to me too, because I can see their stories like in their hardships and how you've uh, come through for them and how you've proven yourself faithful time and time again, and not only in my life, but in other people's lives too. Um, and so that is kind of where um, I got back into the church and um, yeah, I was really excited to get plugged back into community. Um, so yeah, there's like a little quick. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And even, and you kind of talked about this, but um, can you go a little bit deeper in talking about like, so after you started following Jesus and started being more like interactive in a church, like when did you start taking your faith more seriously, even to the point where you started feeling like that calling of like, okay, I need to go like be a faithful follower of Jesus to where I share the gospel. Yeah. Um, so I probably should mention, I was like saved and baptized and I was like really yeah. young, but um, I think it was, I was 15 or 16. It was on actually on my first mission trip mm -hmm. um, that I've been on where God confirmed that he did have a plan for my life, but like not only confirmed it, but revealed it to me. Like, my calling for you is people like yeah. you've been hurt by people. I want you to go love people now. Um, and so I started like really taking my faith seriously around my junior year of high school. And that's where I took the call to heart after that mission trip. And it was kind of like different because I didn't want it to be just a mission trip high that I was yeah. coming off of. But now years later, like I haven't come off that high, I guess you could say like, or it wasn't a high, it was an actual like, calling that I have picked up and realized yeah. I'm with it. So. Yeah. And then um, I also know a part of your story as well is that you have a special heart for Canada. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and yeah. which is awesome because like, you know, my dad lives in Canada um, right now. And so, um, so yeah, just kind of like, I'm just going through a timeline of your life. It's fine. And so let's <laughs> just like walk you I'm through. Let's go to the I'm next cool. like one. But would you share a little bit of just like where that calling, like where that heart and that passion for Canada came from and where it is today even? Yeah. So I actually, when you, um, we kind of like talked about this beforehand a little bit, I got to go down memory lane and like my calling to Canada um, and to like the Canadian people. And um, it started in 2015. That was when I went on my first mission trip there I was like 15 or uh yeah 15 at the time 16 and um I got to like I said that was where I felt God like 
show me his plan for his life. And I felt like that was included, like that included Canada. Um, And ever since then, my heart's been pulled there to our pastors up there. I love them. I love getting to know them and grow that relationship over the past like four or five years since then. And I don't, I, I, I can't explain it. And if you, anyone that knows me and I guess every viewer now will know that I have, <laughs> I have like a Canadian leaf tattoo, like cause oh, it's yeah. a conversation starter to be like, well, this is where the Lord has called me. Like, this is what the Lord's done in my life. Um, and just being in Canada and the way that they do evangelism up there and how they spread the gospel is completely different than how we do it down here in the States. Right. Like we go door to door, we talk, we start conversations through like surveys. Um, but the surveys are very intentional with like at the end, like we're talking about Christ, like we're talking about God and like that other person's beliefs, like their views, like if they do believe in God, if they don't, like where do they stand in that relationship? So there have been many times like I'm standing on this random person's front steps, um, talking to them about Christ and like what he's done for them. Um, and it was just very refreshing because like down here in the States, we don't really do that. Yeah. Um, and so it's definitely like pushing me out of my comfort zone, um, which I love. And the Lord has been really, really faithful to be with me while I'm being pushed out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, Canada, just the people up there, the diversity of backgrounds, religions, ethnicities, like that's something that's really like been put on my heart. And so um, just being able to meet the people where they're at, whether that be them knowing Christ or having a bad experience in the church to them may have not never, uh, not have ever hearing the name of Christ because of where they're from. Because of like a lot of people come to Canada, a lot of different backgrounds. Yeah, I feel like whenever I've been up there in Toronto specifically is like, because that's where you've been several times, right? It's Toronto area, um, Pickering area. Yeah. And so my dad lives in Vaughan. and my dad may like text me later and be like, I can't believe you just talked to me about your, on your women's <laughs> podcast. And so, cause I was just talking to him this week and I was like, Hey, you should listen to it. It's just, we just talk about Jesus and fun stuff like that. And, um, and so now he's going to know I talk about him sometimes. <laughs> and so no, I'm just, at, just this once I promise anyway, but, um, but what he lives in Vaughn. And so these two areas are like, I guess you would say they're like 45 minutes outside of, Met- of downtown Toronto. Yeah, give or what take. You say? Yeah. Minutes, it could be two hours, depending on yeah. how that's going. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. So, but like, um, and so like, it's just, and it's cool because, so part of the church network that you're talking about that you worked with is the fellowship, fellowship network. And, um, and it's in how many different, it's in Pickering, <laughs> there's Pickering, there's Oshawa, there's um, Bowmanville is like mm-hmm. either about to be planted, still in the works, but they're definitely okay. um, looking at Bowmanville, and then there's Scarborough. Uh, I want to say there's one other one, but I can't think of it. You were there an entire month, Hannah. Come on. <laughs> kids camp. That's it. I'll end it at kids camp. Like, <laughs> that no, was- it- <laughs> an exciting and just active week. <laughs> Everything <laughs> else is kind of like a blur, but yeah. You know, um, I think like maybe like five ish locations. Okay. Scarborough. Well, there's actually one other one office Scarborough. 
because that's like their first like grandchild plant or whatever. So right. Scarborough planted their okay where so there's like I guess five or six. That yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm proud that you remembered more than I did, and I I mean I don't I wasn't there a month, but you know it's fine. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but my point was is that so these. So they had this church network throughout all these different locations, like right around the Toronto area. And basically they all work together. It's just a church planning network up there. And, but the cool thing is, and like, this is what I was talking about whenever I talked about Toronto, when I brought that up is that Toronto is one of the most diverse cities I've ever been experienced. Like, and I lived, I lived in Hong Kong, China and I, you know, that's diverse, but like, I went to Toronto and I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't have never seen so many cultures in like one small area in my entire life. I remember we went to It's Importance because, you know, your girl's got to get her coffee before in the mornings when we had kids camp in the morning. And, um, but one thing I do remember is that like we stopped at Tim Hortons real quick and I was like seeing like all these like, um, like there's like a group of Israelis over here. There's a group of, you know, Hispanics over here. There's a group of, um, Eastern European, there's a group of, like, in a group of West Africans, like, I was just like, wow, there's so many cultures, right, in a yeah. Tim Hortons, in the middle of, like, you know, of, uh, I think it was Pickering, and I was just like, what a cool experience, and how encouraging is it to see all these cultures together, you know, and it's just normal, it's just normal, and so. Yeah. During our orientation, they, like, had statistics and all that. I don't remember it, but the one thing I do remember is that there are over, like, I think 30 to 50 nationalities or ethnicities, like, from different wow. countries represented in one city. Like, just, that's just for Toronto. Like, that's not for Canada. That's for one yeah. city. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, it, it really is. The diversity is so beautiful. Oh, my uh, goodness. So. It's so, it's just such a beautiful place. And, like, and, I started being so shocked by that. And that may have actually experienced me whenever I was visiting my dad. But anyway, either way, it was in Canada. I was in Toronto. And I, like, it was just a really cool, like, witness of how many cultures are actually inhabiting Toronto. And even if that, like, that's very few compared to that, how many, as you said. Um, But even, like, and I think that's a really cool reminder as we talk more about sharing the gospel as we get into this conversation, you know, about, like, the idea is that, some people, one of the biggest concerns followers of Jesus say that about not sharing the gospel is because, well, you know, I don't know who's lost. But it's like, in a city like that, there's so many people with different backgrounds. And I know you know this, but like, it's almost like you might as well take a shot because there's so many people with different backgrounds that they probably don't believe the same exact thing you do. And I get Arkansas and I get the South and I get, you know, cultural Christianity, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's a different world. And so... Yeah, it really yeah. is. Like, I'm pretty sure the first year I went, 2015, it was 1% people that claimed um, evangelical Christianity. Wow. And then whenever we went up there in 2019, it had jumped to 2%. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it just crazy. It, that doesn't even have to be for Toronto. Like you were saying, like, just take a shot at it. Like, it's yeah. not going to hurt anyone if they already know about the gospel. Like, if anything, have a conversation with them. Yeah. Like, get to talk with them. You may have a new friend by the end of it. Who knows? Yeah. But, like, it's not going to hurt anyone to hear, like, have you, have you heard about Jesus? Like, it's not going to hurt yeah. anyone. Yeah. And if they reject it, they're rejecting the gospel. And, you know, yeah main point of this is that you were obedient to it. And I think, and we're going to talk more about this as we get more into our conversation, but I just really wanted to open with that because, you know, 
just being obedient to that response and to talk about your experiences with um, keep continually going back to Toronto. And um, which is, includes my next question um, is like, including Canada, what are some of the mission trips that you've been a part of and have experienced God move in? Yeah, um, in 2016, I went to Ghana, Africa. Um, oh, that place too. has my heart. I love that place. Uh, it's actually where one of my cousins are from, and so wow. it was super cool to go over there and see where she was from and all that, but um, that's for another time. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, like you mentioned earlier, I was a GO intern or a missions intern, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, uh, and so we spent one month in Canada and then one month in California in this town called Oceanside, which is about an hour, two hours uh, north of San Diego. And that place has a super special, oh, I love that place with all my heart. Me too, oh me too. If I hadn't felt so called to Canada, I'd be called the Oceanside. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, I love, like just the pastors out there and the people in the church like made that whole month so memorable. And I learned so much from every person, whether they yeah. were a leader in the church or just a um, like a member, so beautiful but yeah yeah uh, Toronto San Diego Oceanside whatever you call it Ghana and then like local Little Rock stuff too but yeah did you ever did you ever do Mission Arlington no so that was like oh I wasn't really into the church I was like yeah the church isn't for me so I missed out on all the Mission Arlington days I do want to go back as a leader one day Mm -hmm. but ever since I've said that all of the toronto mission trips have been during oh because <laughs> like they're like not student trips like yeah it's a student trip but if it's not a student trip it's normally during like mission arlington week which is yeah. kind of like a bummer um yeah, one year though one year i will go to mission you arlington. would well i'm just thinking like and of course i know there were trips planned this summer and i know you were planning on going wasn't it to paraguay this summer yeah. before yeah. all the corona stuff happened but Man, you, Hannah, you should go to Mission Arlington. And I, like, I don't say this lightly. I've been in the last two years with Emmanuel Baptist Church. I've been to Ghana. I've been to Arlington twice. I've been to San Diego. I've been to Toronto. Mission Arlington is one of my favorite trips I've been on in comparison to all of those. All of them are great. Ghana, big part of my heart. Like, that was my first mission trip with students. Um... Actually, I'm sorry. I lied. It was my second mission trip with students. Um, Mr. Arlington was my first one. And, but I, there's just something about Arlington. And I, I, a lot of people who've been would agree with me right on this too, because we've talked about it, but girl, you need to go. It's so great. It's hard, but it's amazing. And, um, and you just can hang out with middle schoolers all day, like all week. And that's one of the, like, they're so fun. Like I, that's my, one of my favorite parts of my job. Um, I love my high schoolers, so please don't hurt me if you hear this. Like, I love my high schoolers. Um, but I know, I'm just, like, tanking. It's fine. Um, but I absolutely, like, that was just a really cool way to see them step into that role. And especially as being, like, the younger students of the youth group, I got, really got to see them shine because they started stepping into those leadership roles. And so I just really, I just saw, you, you'll just see so many incredible things. But I 
please hear me. I do love my high schoolers. <laughs> like I want to make sure that's clear. I love them equally. There's nobody that's different. Um, anyway, we're moving on. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's the one thing I do love about student trips though, is to like see the younger ones. Oh yeah. Like, especially like being older and like having the students come up during internship and like seeing them like take charge yeah. at such like a young age and being like, yes, like the Lord has called me to share the gospel. Watch me do it. Yeah. And, like they took it and ran with it and I don't think any of the interns ever had to be like hey like maybe you need to go engage more like they're like no I got this like you can yeah. you can sit back like this is my week and I was like yeah. okay like they're yeah the they killed it generation. oh like, yeah the Lord in that generation like blows my mind oh it's oh, yeah. so encouraging to see I, and I agree, like whenever last summer, you guys had two really solid weeks of strong, like of those like students just really stepping up. And I was so proud of them for how they just, how they led and how you guys really only really like supported them. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in the oh, best no. way possible because you guys were just like really alongside them. And like you said, you didn't have to say anything. You, um, if anything, you just were constantly like, wow, this is, you guys are doing a great job. And it was just, it made it a lot easier. I know they worked really hard. And so, and that's one of the coolest things about student ministry. And so, man, I probably should have an episode about student ministry because it's a big part of my heart too, but, um, yeah, why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, I still, IBC students mean a whole lot to me. And, um, you know, and I, I, I got to see them a few weeks ago. I didn't get to see you though, a few weeks ago, but um, yeah. it's okay. We're seeing each other now. It's fine. We're talking about something really cool. Like, very true. Why see yeah. each other when we can see each other yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and so I, and I just love hearing like your progression with Canada. I thought that was super cool that you got to share part of that. Um, so now talking about just more about conversations about the gospel as we transition more into like less of the mission trip focus, but more into just like conversations about, about Jesus and like what those look like. Um, what are, dif uh, hold, first of all, what are some ways that you've been able to see God move in different conversations with different people? If you want to use examples, you're welcome to, um, yeah, so go yeah. for it. Um, I'm going to say like a lot of the time, like one of the things that is, I, I, I'm going to say blow my mind a lot because like, it's hard for me to comprehend everything that the Lord can do yeah. in like, a 10 minute conversation or a 10 minute, like you may not even be intentional in what you're doing, but the Lord is using it uh, in that moment to be intentional in that person's heart. Um, and so you just being there as a vessel and you may not even know it, you're, you're helping them or you're the hands and feet of Christ in that moment. Yeah. Um, but whenever like you're talking to someone and like you can see that they're a little bit skeptical, like they're kind of hardened, like they may have like a bad history with the church or whatever. Um, and you see like as you're talking, like their demeanor, like their mannerisms, like they start to soften and you can see it in their face. Like they start to kind of accept, like, or they're more accepting to what you're, you're saying. They're accepting to the gospel. And I'm not saying they receive Christ all in that time but they're more accepting to it, like seeing the Lord work like in a physical way. Um, that has been like one of the coolest things that I've ever been able right. to be a part of in that. I was talking to two girls in Toronto. I just randomly met them um, on the campus we were staying at. And I was like, hey, do you guys want to grab coffee? And we did. And I talked to them about the gospel. And one of them was like all closed up. She didn't want to have anything to do with this. And by the end of it, she was engaged and she was asking mm -hmm. questions. And I was like, that wasn't me 
talking and being like super eloquent in my words like that was the Lord moving in her um, whether she knew it or not um, especially like and another kind of going off of that but more not as physical like when people start asking questions and they start engaging with you um, that is because whenever I start talking to people sometimes um, I don't normally this because I'm bad a little bit but I sometimes don't expect them to come back and ask me questions other than like okay are you done um i don't expect them to come out with like okay well since you believe that christ died on the third day and that you get to go to heaven like wow why are you doing like okay i get why you're sharing the gospel but like what if christ didn't die like what if christ didn't raise like what do you do then like and i'm not like those are just some examples that i've been asked um but they're engaging with you and whether that be they're trying to test you or they're trying to like just trap you and whatnot either way their mind is on christ Mm -hmm. um either way you're getting to practice telling someone the gospel like the gospel is being presented and the word of the lord does not return void so whenever someone hears it whether they think about it for a second they think about it for a week like that's great like that is the lord having that time to move in them and quite frankly like i'm a vessel like it's not my job to convict people and to like get them to like automatically convert like it's my job like the lord's entrusted me to spread the gospel like he he's the one that saves people he's the one that changes hearts like anything i say can't do that um and so those are just some of the ways that i've seen god move um in those conversations like their hearts are starting to change like i can physically see it in their face and in their mannerisms like i can see the wheels turning in their brains um especially like when they start crying too like that's always like a uh, i think a, that's a sad thing to say that like they get so touched and so moved by it or they just like they don't know what's going on so they just cry um, right. just seeing the lord touch them in that way it's super yeah. super cool to be a part of absolutely and that like I love how you talked about the vessel and it makes me think about that passage you know about talking about jars of clay and how you know we are who we are is just simple where there's nothing and I mean this without saying God created God did create us unique he did create us with a purpose but we're in comparison to who he is we are very simple and very you know not unique. We're very like, he's just so, he's magnificent. He's great. He's mighty. And we're just something so little and minuscule that like, that we don't compare to that, of course. And we're not supposed to, but it just made me think about, you know, that part of the passage and um, it's in, I think, is it, it's, uh, I get my Corinthians mixed up. (laughs) I think I'm looking for it right now, but I, I know that like, um, Maybe it is 2 Corinthians, but it talks about, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it and read it because, um, yes, I have it. It's in 2 Corinthians 4, and this is from the English Standard Version, um, starting in verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not uh, not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And 
you know, in that passage for me, like that passage really related a lot to me whenever I was in doing missions in West Africa. But like, you know, the part that I always like skipped over because I went straight to like the persecuting and the heart and the like, you know, like I was just getting, I felt like that was a semester of like where I just felt like I was getting pushed into be renewed. And, but I've missed the verse seven when it says, you know, we have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars are not like something that's very intricate and designed and worth a lot. They're very simple. They're very cheap, but we have a treasure inside them because the treasure, the point of us is so that we can showcase the treasure inside of us. And I love how you said that because it makes me think about, wow, you know, when we have our mindset on the fact that like I am, my job my role in this whole thing is to just go and open my mouth and talk about Jesus and pray that the Holy Spirit moves within them. You know, the Holy Spirit can do the impossible. I can't do the impossible. All I can do is the possible that God's given me the ability to do. And so, um, but yeah, I just, I love, I immediately thought of that passage when you said that. So I thought I would share a little bit about that, but it's a great one. Um, it is in Second Corinthians, just to clarify. Like I do know, <laughs> I am seminary. I'm in seminary. I'm proud. It's fine. Anyway, so, but um, yeah. Fun fact about Hannah and I: we have a very similar sense of humor. So like, this is like, we both like just you know, it's fine. It's all good. But um, we're we're here. We're vibing. Yeah, we're good. We we have these conversations all the time where we just like you know, are just very real. But then we have very like sincere conversations about what Jesus is doing. And, um, and even going like, as we're talking and I loved how you shared, first of all, I just love that those conversations happen because you know, the, the ability that you had to be obedient to them when they happen, we have no preparation for when they're going to happen. It's not like God gives you a timestamp of, Hey, on, you know, August, what's today's date, the sixth, you know, you're going to have a conversation with this person at this time. You better be ready. You better be prepared. He always says, you have to be prepared all the time for those conversations. That's why we grow in, into spiritual growth and, inc- you know, first of all, to experience intimacy with him, but also that we are ready to share the gospel with people that we come in contact with. And so yeah. um, I love that your immediate response was, hey, let's go get coffee. Let's just talk about Jesus. Because I think if we think about how simple that is, like we can all do that. We can all just say, hey, let me like, we're having a conversation with somebody we just met. Hey, have you ever heard about this guy named Jesus? And would you like me to tell you about him? Like, if they say no, they say no, you can move on. It's you did your work, you did your purpose. But if they say yes, there's so much more knowledge to be shared there. And so, um, so I really applaud you for being obedient in that situation. Because I know I've been guilty of, you know, being like, No, I'm not gonna say anything. And I think that's something we need to, as followers of Jesus, you know, push away that, you know, that, that idea that, oh, I don't need to say anything or, no, nah, yeah, I don't need to. I think, like, we've kind of normalized it, honestly. Like, it's, like, I catch myself thinking this all the time. Like, my, like, knee-jerk ref- reflex yeah. is to just already assume, like, we live in the Bible Belt. I grew up here. Like, mm-hmm. we just kind of assume that they've all heard it. They've all, like, either accepted it or not. But, like... Um, this I'm not going to go too far into this but like the angle scale like yeah. there's that talking of like how it goes from like negative seven to like positive seven or whatever and like zero is the point of salvation and like mm-hmm. it may take one or two gospel conversations for someone to accept Christ mm-hmm. and like far be it from me to be the one person that doesn't 
plant a seed that someone else can sow later. Um, yeah. Like how it talks about in Matthew uh, 9, I believe, like the harvest is plentiful, but the workers mm. are few. And mm-hmm. so like, that's like a verse that kind of like challenges me is I want to be, a, I want to go out and sow. Yeah. Like um, the Lord has the harvest and he says it's ready and he, he just needs people to go do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I love like that you brought up the Ingle scale because every time I think of the Ingle scale, I think of Matt Hubbard, who we both respect and look up to. He's my former boss. Um, my intern supervisor. Yeah. Yeah. If he, I don't he may be listening to this. I hope he is like, I would love that. Um, I'll send it to him. But um, something that always, I, that has always stuck with me that he said about the Ingle scale and it's so simple, but it's so profound. Um, is that you can't have a, a per, like in terms of the scale, you have the scale of like how many people, like Hannah was saying, how many people it takes before that person comes to know Jesus. And you can't have a five without a one. You can't have a 10 without a, you know, without a six. You need every single person involved in that, like in order, in that chain reaction for that, for that person, if they're supposed to be saved, to be saved. And I think that's such a, very and you know for me I'm thinking okay well you know sure if you think of it like that but then I started thinking about it more and I was like wow that's actually so true because you know it's a command for all of us to go and share the gospel um some believe some will not that's very much very evident in scripture that's very clear God said that he'll one day come and separate the sheep from the goats and like that'll be like you know judgment and that's what happens and but like there but there is a process to it. If somebody's coming to know Jesus, like think about whenever you were saved, Hannah, like, you know, how many people it took before you became saved. And it may be people you didn't even know about, you know, people may have been praying for you. Like, you know, um, I, I think about my salvation experience and I'm thinking about like, I had a lot of people praying for me that I would get to that point of salvation. And it, like, I heard the gospel my entire life and it finally happened when I was at camp. And so it's just like, it's cool how you think about in terms of like, people are needed in the salvation process, which is why missions is so important and that we are so we're willing to be obedient to that too. And so, but yeah, see, I love this topic. (laughs) I love it it too. And it's just like going back to what you said, how like you can't have a 10 without a one. Like, I just think it's so beautiful. Like the partnership that you don't even Mm -hmm. know about, like you may be the four and whoever else, maybe the six, you may not know them at all, but like it's a partnership like, because you're all one in Christ. Yeah. Like, that's the beautiful thing that we get to come alongside each other without even knowing it, but, like, we're all unified to the one, uh, like, purpose of advancing the kingdom and, and, like, letting people know what Christ did for them. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's, like, beautiful. Like, yeah. um, Goosebumps. Yes. Good job, Matt Hubbard. I'm grateful for you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, if you, and like, that's the thing, the Ingle scale is just like, and just to make sure we don't like glorify it too much, which I don't think we are. But like, I do want to say this is that the Ingle scale is not gospel. It's not like it was developed as a, like as a visual aid for helping us know the purpose and need for sharing the gospel. And so, you know, you sh- like, I know some people can get caught up in what number they are in the scale, but the big purpose is that you're following and being obedient to what God's called you to do. So I just wanted to include that as well. But, um, and so as we talk more about sharing the gospel and, you know, you talk about the angle scale. So, and during our different missions experiences that we've had, um, 
let's talk about the different methods that we can do to share the gospel. So like, you know, if you want to go ahead and take away with some of the ones you think of and have used. Um, the one that like I see most commonly used that I've used, um, I wouldn't say a lot, but like I have used it before and it's a great like visual aid too. Mm -hmm. um, the three circles. Yeah. It's probably one of the easiest ones to grasp. And there's even an app for it on um, the phone, like iPhone, Android, whatever. Um, so even if like you're at lunch with someone or you're having coffee, like it's a great visual aid. Like you don't have to like scramble for a piece of paper or a pen. You can just pull out your phone, which we probably all have. Like you're probably listening to it right now. Um, but, and just show them the visuals for it. And I find that that's yeah. very helpful for people because sometimes the gospel, if it's just in your head, like sometimes it can get a little bit complex at some time. Right. Um, so having that visual aid. Um, I find really helps even if you don't have the app like drawing the three circles or even um, I don't know what the name of this is but I this is how I became saved mm -hmm. this is how I've done it with especially in uh, children's ministry and student ministry um, we have like two pieces of land with a gap in the middle and there's a cross that fills that gap and you get to go from like okay this is where you're at on this side and you want to get to the other side where God is um, but you can't get there because there's a hole. Well, Christ comes and fills that hole and through him, you're able to be with God again. And so like, you can yeah. go into that more, but that's just like overview. Yeah. Uh, and then I think one of my favorite ones that I actually just learned last summer on internship in Toronto, mm -hmm. uh, we called it the 15 second testimony. Yeah. And you start off with saying like, there was a time in my life where like for me personally, it was like where I was angry. I didn't trust the Lord. Um, and then you talk about like how Christ flipped that perspective for you. And then you ask that person if they have a story like that. And mm -hmm. if they say, yes, I do. Then you can be like, oh, well, can I hear it? And if they say, no, I don't have a story like that. Well, then you can ask like, well, do you want to? And that's an easy segue into a conversation um ele elevator elevator testimony that's what we called it mm. uh, along with the 15 second testimony that's awesome and so for like me it would go something like there was a time in my life where I was angry um but when I met Christ like he showed me that uh, I don't have to be angry anymore that I can see the joy and uh the happiness of life and uh do you have a story like that yeah super easy super like not difficult at all really but like you know having the courage to like start and talk have that conversation like mm -hmm. that can take some but I truly believe like whenever you're trying to present the gospel to someone like the Holy Spirit is with you like that's yeah. why the Lord has promised him he's promised him as a helper as a comforter like not just for our own lives but for advancing the God like advancing the gospel mm -hmm. and so um yeah those are the three that I've used um in the like my years of like gospel presentations mm -hmm. uh, I know there's probably a few more I don't know if there's any like you personally like I don't think we've got yeah. yeah I yeah I love all this so my experience with them um so I've always used my testimony so like I've like that's one that I've gone to um another one is that we learned when we did hands-on and it was called um creation to Christ and so basically you like uh, and it sounds really like, whoa, you did what? But it's all, <laughs> just to clear, like, it's, it took a lot, like, you study. So you basically had this, like, kind of guide on the points that you shared about 
from creation to Christ. So you talked about, you know, in the beginning, there was perfect unity with God. There was uh, harmony. There was no brokenness at all between man and God. And then one day sin entered the world and that harmony was shattered and broken. Um, and they had no longer peace because a big part of Africa is that they, they understand the idea of shalom and, you know, peace. And so like we had that mindset of sharing that word, um, especially in terms of the culture that we were in. And so, and then you walk through like, you know, there were generations and generations and generations later. And then there's this man named Abram and Abram did, and you know, you went through the entire thing until you got to yeah, Jesus. Yeah. And then, um, and so it was kind of a cool, like, personally for me, I thought it was just cool to know that and to share that. I haven't studied it in a while. It's been several, it's been four years since then, um, since I did that, um, which is crazy because that's so long ago. But like, it was just a really, it was a very powerful and um, cool way to like, for you to, because it's, it's what you know. Like, it's just, you know, you're just saying it at a pace of like, of where they are listening. It's a story. And a big part of African culture is that they learn, and you know this too from being in Ghana, is that they thrive on, they're an oral culture and they listen to stories. And so we, it worked really well where we were at. And so whenever we would go and share the gospel with somebody, um, they would listen. They'd be very intent to what they hear. Unlike probably in the U.S., which is actually going to be my next question, but um, talking about culture and like how these depend on culture, but like you know, it depends. It just it really works in that area. Um, so yeah, I use we use our testimonies. We use which is another story, um, creation to, uh, to cross or creation to Christ. Um, we did use the um, the I there is a name for that, but it's like the two mount the two valley or two mountain tops and then the cross in the middle. Like I. I've done that with people before. Um, I think it's called like the bridge. The bridge testimony or something. Because like in essence, that's kind of the idea of it. Um, It's been around for a long time. I think that was, that's one of the first ones that was used by campus ministries. Um, And because I think a lot of like uh, Campus Crusade and um, BCMs and stuff like that use that. Um, and then three circles, definitely. Cause Emmanuel really was, uh, was very much pushing the three circles. I think we even like Dr. Smith at one point even taught everybody in congregate on the, in the congregation how to do that. Um, I think that was like right before I joined, but that was like two years yeah, ago, maybe. Like a um, series, like yeah. Two, three weeks. We went over yeah. each for like a week or two, depending on how in depth he went with it. But yeah, it was really informative, really, uh, Cool to see like a gospel presentation being taught to a mm-hmm. congregation is yeah. like you don't have the excuse that you don't know how to present the gospel anymore so like yeah go it's, and like and you know sometimes and this is something I've thought about um especially with like you know being around people that don't know Jesus is that sometimes your immediate response is to bring someone to church and just hope that maybe God does something there and it's like sometimes the the sermons at church being great, but are for more mature believers because they're so in depth into scripture. And so that may on like, that's not, I personally, I just don't think that's a great way to start a conversation with somebody is like, let me bring them to church. You know, obviously there's some faith background, you know, it depends on the circumstance, but I even, but that's why I'm like, I just encourage everybody to use one of these methods first and just, you know, put the work on yourself, do it, you know, like share the gospel, share your testimony, share creation across, like do what you can to like start that conversation of intro of 
because just because you share the gospel doesn't mean that conversation's over. You never know. They may say, no, I'm not interested. And then maybe a month later, you're like, hey, I feel like God's telling me to ask him again. So I'm going to ask him again. Hey, do you remember that conversation we had a month ago? Well, I was wondering if you'd be interested in coming and listening to a sermon at my church or coming and talking to somebody else or, you know, and like sometimes, or maybe sharing that whole thing again. You never know what like that conversation is just going to be the beginning of so many other conversations to be had. Hopefully if you, if that's what the Lord allows for. And if we're able to be obedient to that too, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think too, it's a little bit different, like going on mission trips and then doing it like yeah. where you're at, like in your town in your city, whatever. Um, Cause sometimes you don't get to follow up with them afterwards. After that mm-hmm. one conversation, it's kind of like, okay, well like, Lord, I've planted the seed. I've been obedient. Like I'm going to entrust them to you now. Um, but like if they're okay so like for me like application wise I go to a college campus I go to UCA um, I have friends in my classes and I have that relationship with them so if I bring it up once and they're like no I'm not really not really feeling it right now then that doesn't mean like our relationship is over like there's still other ways for them to encounter Christ like through me well Christ through me Mm -hmm. um, in that kind of sense and so I love what you said about like sometimes the sermons may be more mature for like where they're at, but like having that relationship, like you can meet them where they're at personally mm-hmm. in that because yeah. you may take them to church and it may be over something that goes completely over their head, but you understand it and you can explain it to them in terms exactly. that they understand too. And so that strengthens that relationship even more. And not only that, like it centers it around Christ. Mm-hmm. And so like the, Oh, I love Christ-centered friendships. They're so beautiful. Um, like ours. Um, <laughs> Me too, girl. Um, it's super, it's, it's really fun to like walk through that with that person. Yeah. And who knows, like you may be like having coffee with someone or you go up to someone you don't even know and a friendship or a relationship starts. Like you start a new job and you have a coworker that you introduce yourself to, or they introduce themselves to you and you get to have that relationship or build on that relationship um and see that grow uh and like I said it's different whenever you're like in the states in your hometown as opposed to like knocking on doors in Canada and leaving and like I was there for a month I left like three weeks later and never got to really follow up um so there's definitely different aspects to that but also I feel like the Holy Spirit will um kind of guide you and guide those conversations uh, as well like throughout that relationship. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. And you know, it's funny because like, I've always found it interesting how when mission trips come, we're like, you know, everyone's ready for it. Like they're ready for that. Cause in their mind, they're thinking, wow, I'm about to share the gospel. Like it's all, you remember how we talked about earlier? Like it was like, we don't have like that timestamp and it's like yeah. almost a mission trips, like an entire week of timestamps where you're like, all right, at some point this week, if I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I will be sharing the gospel. And so I think if we were to somehow morph that into our everyday lives, then those conversations will be, we'll be able to see those conversations more. And so I almost want to like challenge myself and to everybody else, um, that to pray for that to happen, pray for your mindset to change to the idea of how can I like, you know, go into today with the idea of, I want to share the gospel today and I want to pray about it and I'm going to be bold about it. And even if it's just a, Hey, do you know Jesus? If not, um, let me share a little bit about him. Um, because I think that really like just, you know, having our mindset 
different. And like, of course it comes through studying his word and through, you know, memorizing scripture and spending time in the word, like, and being around faithful, godly friends as well. And having those conversations where you can be encouraged and be accountable, but also like with that mindset of, okay, if I go into today saying, I'm going to, I want to share the gospel um, and even not like share the gospel with your words, but share with your actions, you know, like that's powerful too. And so, um, but I don't know, just when you said that, that just made me think about that as well. So, and then kind of going off of our last question, I kind of touched on this a little bit, but so talking about these methods, do they all, like, how can they depend on the in different environments that you're in? Like, do some work well in some environments? Do some not work so well in different environments? Yeah, um, I think a lot of it kind of depends on time. Like, uh, as like a culture, like Canada and the States both, like we're very time oriented. Like mm -hmm. we obviously are obsessed with planners, with schedules, like Google, Google Calendar, all that. Um, <laughs> and so like an elevator testimony, like the 15 second testimony, it could be something that you share um, with someone uh, if you're walking in the same direction somewhere or if you're in an elevator as in the name yeah. <laughs> uh, something like that or if you may not necessarily have as deep of a relationship with that person um, and you may want to have something like more generic as opposed to like personal um, that you don't know where they're at in their life like you're just trying to like kind of blanket it and be like the Lord is good for all yeah. of this until you get to that point where you can be like, okay, well, if you're struggling with this one thing, you may have also um, personally struggled with that. And you can, that's when testimony, um, like your personal testimony comes in and you can say like, well, the Lord has um, shown himself faithful actually in the same area in my life as mm -hmm. you're going through right now, like what the areas you're struggling with. Um, I think like time for sure. Um, Cause if you're at lunch, like you can go through and do like a yeah. three circles presentation um, Adam Venters, his wife is the children's ministry leader at Emmanuel, and he is the campus director for the Baptist Collegiate Ministry at University of Arkansas at Little Rock. Mm -hmm. there, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. It's like Metro, like, so it's like, Metro BCM. That, yeah, so it's, he's like over that yeah. for the different college campuses in Little Rock, but yeah, he's based in, at Euler. Yeah, um, he always, uh, I love his, like, approach to this. He's like, if I'm having lunch with someone, the first, like, 15 to 30 minutes, depending on how long you have for lunch, let's say an hour, so, like, the first 30 minutes, I'm going to talk about them. Like, I want to get to know them, and then the last 30 minutes is when I'm coming to share the gospel. Yeah. Like, that is where I can be, like, because at that point, like, you kind of have an idea of, like, where they may be, where they may be at. If not, like you're on this um, kind of connection of like, I'm interested in you. Like I want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. um, and so then you can go and share the gospel and that way they don't feel like you're just throwing it in their face. Like you've taken the time to get to know yeah. them, to invest in them for 30 minutes. Um, and so I like that approach too, because that's over lunch and like, we all go to lunch. Like if mm -hmm. you're in college, if you're in class, like invite one of the person, like one of the persons you sit next to be like, Hey, you want to go grab lunch? And you can easily go into that. Or if you're at work or if you're in the break room and whatnot, like you can, depending on like how well you know the person, how much time you have. That's the thing about the gospel that I love is that it's so simple. It can be like put into a 15 second testimony but also like you can go so far into it to where like 
like how, how we're having this conversation yeah. right now and going on and on and we're talking about the gospel and that's the center of it um like the gospel is appropriate for any kind of circumstance mm-hmm. like for any time frame any relationship status and like whether you just met them or you've been friends for five years like the gospel is appropriate for any time yeah and even though it may not feel like that all the time because sometimes I'm over here thinking like well is this the right time to share the gospel like yes because who knows what's going to happen after you leave like you never know when the last time you see that person's going to be and so um yeah it kind of does depend but also like yeah we <laughs> no, that was good. That was a put good all my word. thoughts in line. No, <laughs> no, you're trying not to like rush through all of it, but also like make it still stay on topic. No, <laughs> it's go good. Yeah. Um. So, um, as we start to kind of close, start to begin to close out, is there a passage of scripture that encourages or challenges you to share the gospel that you just really resonate with? Yeah, I mentioned one earlier. It's Matthew 9, uh, mm-hmm. 37, 38. And it's um, Jesus is talking to his disciples saying like the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Um, and I, like ever since I was in, I came back to the church in my sophomore, junior year. Um, that has been like one of the like, cornerstones of like why I want to share the gospel especially coming back from Canada um, in 2015 and then another one that uh, is really encouraging to me is where'd it go here it is first uh, Thessalonians 2 4 it says but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel so we speak not to please man but to please God who tests our hearts there's like we could unpack that but basically um i love how it says that like we've been approved by god like i know it's easy to feel like i think this is too big of a thing for me like i like Mm -hmm. this is way outside of my reach like i can't do that like that's not for me like there's missionaries for that Mm -hmm. like no like this isn't saying the missionaries get to go spread the gospel like we've each and every one of us have been approved by god and not only that entrusted so like he can make the rocks cry out if we don't, but like he's chosen us and entrusted us with his, uh, with his message, with his gospel. Like, and that's super encouraging to be like, he wouldn't entrust us with anything if he wasn't going to walk with us in it. And so, um, that's like one of the most encouraging ones to me. And also like in second Timothy one, like eight through 10, uh, it talks about how like we share in the suffering and in like, uh, with each other through this and so even though we may think that oh, I'm the only one that gets turned down like no you're not like mm-hmm. that we've all been there but you're being obedient and that's the most important thing like your obedience yeah. to the Lord yeah. is what um, counts more than their no or their yes like you being obedient uh, is what may change the course of their life the course of their eternity um, so don't ever like count yourself out or yeah. make it sound like it's out of your reach Absolutely. Um, and so uh, why do you think sharing the gospel is such a significant command for us to follow? When I was thinking about this, like the first, like another question popped in my head. Um, and I was just thinking like, what if the gospel stopped at the 12? Like after the 12 yeah. disciples, like God still wants humans to be close to him. Like it didn't stop 2000 years ago, not in 
um, Israel, like it's still for, he wants, he wants us, he wants um, all of his creation to be reconciled to him, to be brought back to him. And that doesn't happen without the spread of the gospel. And so I think that's why it's so important because without the gospel, there's no way we can get back to God. Like there's no way we can get back to our first love. Uh, And so that and like the hope that it brings, especially now in the pandemic and the unrest and literally everything's just going crazy. Like we were talking about before, there's not a lot of hope that I see. And in the gospel, there's hope that this isn't the end. Like what we're living in isn't the best that it's going to be. Like there's going to be greater than what we're living in now. Um, And that is the most encouraging, the most hopeful thing and idea that I've ever like I've been holding on to honestly throughout this whole pandemic and unrest um, is just that this isn't the end, but for some people, they think this is the end. And that's why it's so important for us to spread the gospel. And like, it may sound cheesy, it's a message of hope, but like it really is. And I think now it's more um, visible than it has been in years past. Absolutely. Um. And as we're talking a little bit about quarantine, um, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but going a little bit deeper is like, you know, quarantine's made it really hard for us to be able to share the gospel in a lot of ways. You know, we only really have technology to connect with people. And so um, with that being said, what has the Lord convicted you of lately in your own walk? But also, (laughs) let's get real. Um, But also like what, I mean, also considering quarantine into that as well. Yeah. One thing that the Lord has really um, convicted me of lately is um, at UCA where I go, I'm a D group leader, small group leader, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have not been as intentional with the conversations that I've been having um, with the girls in the small group that I lead. And most of them I've known for two years or for at least one year. And even though they are saved and they are um, Christians, like I don't feel like I have been encouraging them enough to spread the gospel. I don't feel like I, I feel like the Lord's been saying like, you, you want them to do this, but you haven't like challenged them to share the gospel Mm -hmm. through this. And then in quarantine, it is, it is kind of hard. Like we are a little bit hindered because it's harder for us to just be like, Hey, let's go grab coffee when all the shops are closed or for takeout only. Yeah. Uh, And it's hard to meet people that way too, because you still want to respect their boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, But in all honesty, how many of our friends, how many of our like close people in our, like certain our circles our spheres of influences is um, some people may say like, don't know Christ or are living in a lukewarm manner. Because uh, I think too like lukewarmness is almost as dangerous as like not knowing the gospel at all and like how many of our people in our like in our families and our friends like how are they like are we encouraging them to spread the gospel too um and so i think encouraging others in our spheres like in their walks and making their faith their own and encouraging them to spread the gospel but also like in our own personal lives like in my life like reaching out to the people in my classes that I'm friends with that I haven't talked to all of quarantine um, because (laughs) I just haven't. And it's for no other reason than just not Um, like there's not an excuse for it. So like reaching out for those relationships that I have, that I may, that I have been neglecting. 
Um, and so those are also like, like simple ways um, to spread the gospel. And I think social media has also been like a really um, good tool through this, like through gospel advancement, because like you can post something super simple about how like the Lord's been working through you during quarantine and one of your friends like let's be honest do we all know who follows us do we know who we're friends with like personally like who knows um and so that may spark something in someone else like they may not necessarily direct message you or you may not necessarily know the impact that it has on them but that could be a seed or a step on the angle scale like we were talking about earlier for that person to start questioning and encountering and like honestly like posting the link for your church like yeah. on Sunday mornings it could be as simple as that yeah absolutely and with that I also want to conclude with our episode even though this has been such a convicting and very encouraging and thought-provoking conversation that we've had Hannah um <laughs> this is oh, just oh yeah this has been so great and um so my last question is a little bit more of a practical question and an application question for you but for also for me but also for everybody listening to this um is how can you live in beyond mission through being a light and having those kind of conversations with people who do not know jesus um yeah one i guess you call it a motto i don't know um something that is always going through the back of my mind is living life on mission mm-hmm. um and like i kind of like referencing the verse i mentioned earlier with first thessalonians 2 um for like we speak the gospel not to please man but to please god mm-hmm. like the lord is the one who sent his son to die rose and now we get to be with christ yeah. Not for, not for us to live our own lives, like live our best lives, like they say, but for us to bring other people to him. And so we are entrusted with that to bring people to God. So like that needs to be our first priority. And that's like always in the back of my head. Like I want to make that my first priority yeah. is bringing people to God, like letting them know what God did for them. And so living life on mission and that also, it sounds weird, but um, like living a life where your actions are mirroring mirroring what you're saying as Mm -hmm. well like if you're trying to spread the gospel and you're talking to this person and having an intentional conversation that yet on the side like you find yourself only doing it because like you feel like you're going through the motions and and whatnot like i have to reflect so hard on that every time um, and make sure like i am spreading the gospel um, for the right reasons and paul even talks about it like either whether they say it like with heart or without heart, like the gospel is being spread, the gospel is being advanced. But like me personally, as a believer, like I have to do some heart checks and reflect to see like, am I doing this? Am I spreading the gospel because I feel like I have to, or because I genuinely love people. And so like, as you're spreading the gospel, like having those continuous heart checks. um, But also like one of the things, like I can't remember who said that. I've been thinking myself, uh, to try and remember this, but like the way we live, it shouldn't be two separate parts, but mm-hmm. like one, like unified, like person, like us, yeah. um, like, are you, we love it when I can't talk, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like, it shouldn't be two separate parts, but like one whole for the purpose of advancing the kingdom. Yeah. There we go. 
that's what that's I was trying good. to say. Yeah. I loved it. And I, yeah, I completely agree. And that's what I love about our friendship, Hannah, is I feel like we do think a lot alike in terms and like, cause yeah, I completely agree. And I agree that there's just, I like that we need to live a life of actions that reflect where our hearts are at, but we also need to have live a life of being willing to share the gospel and be in the right mindset and being the right, have the right heart attitude about it. Um, thank you so, so much for being on here today. This was so fun. And <laughs> I just am always so grateful to talk to you, friend. Like I feel like we, I just learned so much from you and it's just, um, yeah. And I'm just so grateful for you. I'm so thankful for our friendship and, Me too. and last year bringing us closer together. Yes. I love having these conversations. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Such a great time. And I, this conversation, I feel is just so, so needed. Like I said before, I think it's a, one of the most important conversations we need to have because it's like, this is a command that God's given us to go out and share the gospel. And it's also like the foundation, like, yeah, you know, that's the starting point for everything else. Like how to become a mature Christian. Like it starts with the gospel and like accepting mm-hmm. that so for sure. I a hundred percent agree. Like this is the most important conversation to have. Absolutely. And so, and also thank you everybody for listening today. Um, feel free to remember to tune back into our, for next week on Thursday, next Thursday for our next episode. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend.